think that it. Uh, yeah, you th- yeah, they probably maybe. But it's I mean, like the, the it's right, a whole different generation. That's what I mean. It's like the right people are gonna at least hold them. Up. Yeah, that's true. The people that make them money. But I think like when Ozzy goes and Dave Mustaine, Tom Araya, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that'll be an issue. Definitely. But it is weird how hip hop people don't even they don't fuck with any of the old ones at all. And then or young hip hop people don't fuck with any of the new hip-hop artists and i was thinking about that but rock and metal is all reverse of that yeah like you can hold the rock anthem up forever but if you played fucking juveniles 400 degrees at a club today they'd be like fucking laughing at you turn that old shit off i think it's unless they play back that ass up oh that's what i'm saying though that's a classic (laughs) but at the same time the times have changed like i think like hip-hop is you you know it's usually a reflection of what's going on at the time, so maybe that's why, because it's it's always everything's always changing that way. Where rock, it's, yeah, I guess it kind of they kind of the they same. can keep writing the same fucking song over and over again, and it's like it's true. And hip hop's more of countries like that. Also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Country hip-hop looks does. back. Hip hop looks at the now. Is how I see it. Hip hop's more like fashion. Uh, styles are always changing and everything. Mm-hmm. I think rock kind of has its blueprint already, and it's set in stone. Yeah, from like decades ago. By the way, I started recording like three minutes ago. Oh, I noticed. All right. Yeah, I don't, um, I'm just trying to think of like how you would compare even like the Sugar Hill Gang, as far as their impact on making hip hop popular, by no means were they any good per se. I mean, based on the other artists that could I rhyme much, much better, they just they had that pop feel. There was like Cold Crush Brothers, yep, and or Cold, was it Cold Crush Brothers or Cold Crush Crew? Might have been both. I don't remember which, but. They originally had that, like, hip-hop, hippity-don't-stop. Yeah, yeah. That flow. And then Sugar Hell Gang took it and made it to their first record. I believe it was Cold Crush. I I would. So the, he basically bit. Rapper's Delight was a bite. That's fucking hilarious. I think i seen that in, it might have been Hip Hop Evolution on Netflix. Oh, that's a great show. Yeah. I haven't checked to see if they did any new seasons or anything lately. Cold Crush Brothers is the name of the group. Okay. But they were already over in 81. Yeah, because they were around prior to that, like late 70s with uh, Funky 4 Plus 1. They were around. Yeah, I know that. Funky 4 Plus 1. And I've heard of the Cold Crush Brothers, but see, I'm just... They're on that Wild Style soundtrack. Oh, right on. The one that I have up front. Gotcha. Hint, hint, right? But yeah, so that history, you know, that's comparable in the sense of people biting other people's shit and rising, and people think it's their original idea. 
And it happened, happened so it happened, much. I was gonna say it happens yeah. endlessly. Though. Yeah. Elvis did it. Yeah, that'd be like the most famous person to do that. Led Zeppelin, oh, just a God. blues band. Yeah. Um, they come on the radio, and I'm always like Willie Dixon, because yeah. he's just making money off that shit now. Finally, but yeah, everybody bites some. That's why you know I like that we're in doing this shit, and we talk about like stuff that we find because so much as much good shit that's out there there is a fuck ton of garbage man yeah there is a lot of junk to sift through but to to hold up oh pardon me to hold up like we'll use the guitar gods you know would be like Jimi hendrix people think clapton i kind of whatever but these old dudes so who would you hold up in hip-hop you know, in my mind, it's like Tupac, Biggie. Like, it's all from that era. Yeah, um, but there's 20 years that comes prior, before exactly. that. Exactly. I'm just saying that I, I'm i guilty of falling into that, like, in hip-hop and falling into some songs I'm, like, fucking into. And then the following year, I'm like, this shit sounds so fucking dated. Yeah. Now the stuff that sounds timeless... I mean, that's the shit that I own, but... There is a big difference in 80s hip-hop to 90s oh, hip-hop, definitely. mainly because of the drums. And, like, 80s hip-hop really had that tin can sound. Yeah, yeah. But in a way, that's what kind of gives it its... Like, when you listen to LL Cool J or MC Shan Yeah, or, it, gives you, it gives it that. You know where it's at. I kind of appreciate the dated right. sound versus it sounding heavy drums and like everything else like don't get me wrong there's a lot of good drum beats but i don't know i like to hear different stuff well on the way here man i was i had a uh i have title on random and uh the ghetto boys popped up and i fucking dude that shit just sounds so good and like chill as compared to like you said, the drums are so fucking heavy now. It's weird. Anyway. Yeah, they are really, really dominant now, which is fine. But Well, it just seems like there's so many different ways. I don't think you could ways. make an 80s hip-hop beat now and get away with it to where it would become a popular thing. Yeah, it'd end up sound. It, if it did get popular, it'd be on some fucking I haven't joke heard. kick. You know, like on some yeah. novelty shit. Yeah. TikTok viral thing. Yeah. I haven't heard anybody try to make a real, like, I've heard a bunch of 90s beats, but I haven't heard anything. Where somebody tried to revive the 80s thing with a yeah, twist? Yeah, where, like, put paid in full, like, take Eric B's yeah, yeah. beats. I was just listening to that yesterday. And take those beats, like, Eric B for president. Yep. It's just simple, like, there's drums, kick, whatever. And it says Eric B for president, cut in and out all over yep. the whole thing. Take that and put it with anybody new. I don't think it would work. Like, you the sounds don't merge, and I don't think you'd be able to rhyme over it. Because the cadences back then were so different than well, now. Well, right. And it, you'd probably, like, as far as an MC, you'd be a lot slower. Because it just seems like the styles of hip-hop are so diverse now. But, like, at that point, I mean, to me, it's Eric B. and like Rakim are the ones that kind of started to change that, actually, you know? Yeah. 
It's almost like how metal has a million subgenres. Hip hop is starting to emerge with all those right. subgenres. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't old enough to have all those subgenres yet. So right, from right. The, it was only the mid '70s that it really began to where take it started off. spreading like psychedelia and then pop and yeah. then metal. So it needed time to metal. develop its subgenres. Right. So now you have acid rap, which is Esham, just to be clear, not Chance the Rapper. <laughs> See, that's what's crazy, dude. It's like that's two separate. Yeah, to me, well, Chance the just, Rapper's like the pop title. He just oh. titled his album Acid Rap. Right. Probably talking about acid in general, not acid rap like Esham was referring to. Right. Although I think Esham was also kind of referring to acid as well, but I think he was also kind of giving it a sound or an, a tag for the sound. Right. Like a. A trip. Yeah. Um, but anyways, there's acid rap. There's what they call conscious hip-hop or backpack rap. Uh, there's underground now I remember stuff. backpack rap when I was, like, 12. There's drill. There's trap. There's yeah, trap. Like, there's cocaine rap, which could be, I don't know, I think that one's kind of, like, it's cool to place the type people that are in it and whatever, but... Uh-huh. Like how many rappers rap about cocaine? Like a lot of them. Yeah, it does. The subject matter gets brought up a lot, at least. So to take that and give so it if its you whole, spit about cocaine, you're a cocaine rapper. See exactly like that. That's, that would yeah, be, that's kind of pigeonholing. Yeah, but I think it's <clears throat> the people that like that's all they talk about. Like, is just God, that shit would seem so fucking get old quick. <clears throat> Some people can pull it off, but for the most part, yeah. If you're witty and I mean, if can I actually put together the, time, the rhymes yeah, and stuff, but... then cool. But oh, it's the same thing in any fucking um, category of music, though. There's always genres where you're like, "Yeah, that shit just doesn't work for me." That's why they're there. Yeah. So you want to jump into the yeah? That's what I was just thinking. I'm, I'm waiting on the. Final me, please, one, but, yeah. We'll, um, we'll come back to this conversation in a whole episode at some point. Definitely. So today we're uh, talking about subscription services, um, vinyl ones mostly, but we'll get into the history of it a little bit. And um, the ones that we feel are the best We'll give you your opinion. <laughs> we'll give you your opinion. We'll give you our opinion. <laughs> um, so anyway, go ahead, Ryan. I didn't introduce us. They should know. Oh, yeah. I'm sure by now. Um, I just want to say what a vinyl subscription service is for anybody that may not know, uh, which I'm sure you're, if you're into records, you do by now because the algorithm is going to push that on you. But... It's basically a monthly service where, depending on the company you go with, your terms of the deal will kind of vary. Um, Some companies do exclusive records with, like, uh, I've had them get, what the hell's the name of the word? Oh, stencils. Like, where you can punch out the things and, like, spray paint shit. Like, I have a Snoop Dogg record that has a stencil, an MF Doom one. 
stuff like that. I've seen them have food, et cetera, and we'll get into all that. But, yeah, I saw one with wine. Yep. Yeah, I wrote that one down too. But anyways, I'm getting sidetracked before I finish my... Basically, you have a monthly subscription service to receive hand-picked records from the company. And sometimes they may be things that you can pick or can't pick. A lot of places will leave it up to genres of music or some places you can even connect your Discogs and Spotify, Apple Music, and they'll curate it based on your music taste. Now that I'm bringing that up, um, there is one that does, or a few that do do that. Do you, would you like that or no? No, I wouldn't only because of how I listen to music. I use Spotify, Tidal, um, all, like in my truck mostly. And when I'm trying to like discover music or listen to it for the first time or whatever, like before I want to like invest Bye. any money. Spotify definitely if I can so I wouldn't want a company to look at my Spotify list because I listen to such a vast variety of music that I don't know what they would send me you know what I'm saying like wouldn't have a clue I'm sure you can uh relate yeah I can I actually didn't even think about that but that's a good point my thought was if I'm listening to it a lot on Spotify enough to where you'd get the idea to send it to me, I probably already have it. That too, definitely. Because if you're going to listen to it that much, we're the type of people that are going to get a copy of it if yeah. we like it that much one way or another. And I'll be streaming it in my car or whatever, mm -hmm. but I got the record, the CD at home, uh, the tape, whatever. Yep, I've been there. And then you're going to send me the one that I just... Right. Went out and bought already. Anyways, I'd rather have control over it. I like ha I like the um, control with the genres. I think, like you said earlier, that's um, that seems to work fairly well. Because at least you know there's a direction it's going. Yeah, most of them seem to kind of do various genres, really. There's only a few that are specific Spec to one okay. down. Like Gimme Metal is specific to metal. And I haven't used them personally, but I do know people that have. And I have people like on my Instagram and stuff that I see that have used it. And the titles that they do are good from what I've seen. Like yeah, I, was I look at that yesterday. Too. They have like Dark Throne and Gorgoroth <laughs> and Horrendous and... Uh, nails. Yeah, I saw um, that. They just they have like their own limited color variant, right? Yep. Is that how it works? Yep. I didn't see that they changed the jackets any. Yeah, it looks like they just had an exclusive color, possibly. Yeah, because it would say like "Gimme Metal Exclusive" or "Gimme Exclusive" right. or something like that. So, I guess they just reach out to pressing plants when they're either. Because it seemed like that Dark Throne came out right around the time when Peaceville did the repress for it. Okay. So I'm wondering if they're already in production and then they reach out to the company and see if they can pay to get their own exclusive color thrown in while they're using those pressing plates already to make up yeah, the Yeah, and they could cut a deal that and way. And they possibly. cut a deal that way. 
I don't know if you could even do that or if that's a thing or maybe they just do it completely separately and they got to hit up the labels for the rights some other time. But that was a thought just because it seemed like what they were doing was kind of close to when it was being released in record stores and, or for like record store days. Yeah, yeah, or like any any color, even the black. It was all off the same fucking plates. Yeah. Um, Which could degrade the quality of the record if you're... Well, it depends on where the plates are in the order. But to me, I'm not not a big... Like, colors are cool, but that doesn't... That's not a selling point for me personally. Like, there's been some colors that I've seen that I'm like, man, that is sweet. Right. Vinyl Me Please did that 3-6 Mafia... When the smoke clears. That does look dope. And it's like this orange, grainy, green color. And it's really, really cool looking. But they're never, I agree, they're never a selling point. No, and they don't. I take it however I can get it. Yeah, exactly. And usually I buy it black because they're like $4 cheaper. And that's that's what I was going to say next is if I have a choice between black and color, whatever one costs more... I'm gonna ignore, I guess. Unless it came with, like, some extra shit. That's different, though. I'm just saying based on color. Because some of these um, subscription services will give you things that you can only get from that fucking subscription service. Yeah. And that's pretty cool. Depending on the color of the record, like, you might get a colored one, but... Or black, but you're also going to get something else that you can only get in that package. That That's worth it to me for the extra $4 or whatever it might be. Yeah. There's only two that I know of that have their own plants. Oh, that have their actual own... They own their own pressing plants? Well, Third Man Vault would oh, own okay, their own duh. pressing plant. And from what I've heard, Vinyl Me Please is either putting one up or already put one up. No shit. But the rest of them have to sublet to other plants as far as I know. And then there are a few that are only in the UK right now, too. Yeah, I noticed that. I have found one called... They have good ones in the UK. Like, I would rather have some of those. Yeah. The vinyl wings seemed pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. More tailored towards jazz. Yep. But I think you got three records each month instead of just one. Yeah, for forty dollars. Yeah, yeah, thirty nine ninety nine for three records. Like that's a fucking killer deal. And right now, Vinyl Me Please is like forty two ninety five a month or something like that. Right. And it, when it started, it was twenty nine ninety nine. Yeah, when I when 20. I initially I got Vinyl Me Please once years ago, and it did came with three albums and they picked them for you you could swap them if you didn't like them and that was that was worth it that's like 10 bucks an album you know yeah well the way vinyl me please works currently is there's four genres there's an essentials category a country category a hip-hop category and a classics category i'm pretty sure Doing this off the top essential. of my Essential. No, I already said essential. Oh. I think it's classics. Um, but anyways, you have those categories, and they release 
three records for each category across three months. You subscribe to that category. So let's say you subscribe to hip hop. Well, then you're going to get those three hip hop records. Now, if you don't like the record, you can swap it for another genre. You can save it for store credit. You can apply it to your next release with the store credit or whatever, right? You know, like you don't have to take what you don't want if you don't want. They used to not have a country section. They just added the country section. And then they did do a metal box set where it was the Metal Blade anthology. It was like 10 Metal Blade albums. That's the only metal thing they've done. There's no metal category yet. I think as his business keeps expanding, though, it'll probably get there. And for the record, we are not endorsed by Vinyl Me Please in any way or any of these places. Uh, They're not paying us to say this, but Vinyl Me Please, if you do come across this and want to pay us, then hit me up. Yeah, we're more than welcome. (laughs) But uh, we just did it because I've subscribed to Vinyl Me Please for years and they're great i haven't had an issue with them and we just thought it was a cool thing to bring up to people just to compare what other places right. are doing compared to them um well like the records of the month now in vinyl me please are interpools turn on the bright lights and then the jazz one would be dizzy gillespie afro a genre redefined was i right about the categories I think it goes essential, jazz, hip-hop, country. Oh, I mixed up jazz and classics then. Yeah. But at the same time, the country one is Brad Paisley took it to fifth gear. Now, I don't have anything against Brad Paisley per se, but, like, that's not my kind of country. No, but... I don't know when that album is in his catalog or whatever, but I will say that since he's, I mean, he's not a newer artist, but newer in the sense of he's not Johnny Cash. Right. Like when he was big, records weren't being pressed up a lot at the time. So it's cool to see them doing that because the fans of that are probably like, oh shit, I want this, but it's a $800 record because it came out in 2004. What I find interesting is they put all that stock in American fucking country music, Western music, right? That shit's, like, really big in America and probably Canada, maybe. But it's not so big outside. Like, metal, to me, would be the more profitable genre because it's fucking worldwide. Like, it's pretty fucking huge compared to country, you know? Maybe the guy that owns it is a country Could fan. be, man. Could be. Or maybe his dad or something is like, boy, you got to press up country. And then he fucked it up by pressing bad. bad (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But no, I have seen. I like that they they press rare stuff, too. I have seen them do like Johnny Cash things and Willie Nelson things and stuff like that, too. So they do kind of span all over Yeah, they mix it up. I mean, in every genre. Same as hip-hop, though. Like, I've seen them do 80s hip-hop. And now I've seen them do, do the game like mid-2000s. Like, recently they did Young MC. And then Grave Diggers. That was uh, the previous month in the game. They bounce around. That's cool. That is cool. Yeah. And Gangstar's first album. That was in the 80s. Yeah, that shit's dope. 
But uh, yeah, I like the like I said, you can side. do the genre, the genres. So it's like, at least you know what you're what you're gonna be listening to. Yeah, and now, you have I, the option to change it because if right, there's been times where like, okay, this hip hop album I don't really care for, but then they put like a tribe called Quest, Low End Theory, uh-huh. and Wu Tang Enter Thirty Six Chambers. Uh-huh. Both came out under Essentials, not hip hop. Oh, okay. So there was times where I was switched because I was like, oh, I want that, and I didn't want whatever the one for that so month was. So they allow you to bounce around. So you can bounce around category to category, or if you're like, well, I really want the essential, and I really want the hip-hop one, or I really want the country one, or maybe you want all four of them. They'll let you do You that. can add all of that, yeah. and they give you a discounted rate each one you add. And then also, if you're an ongoing member, they have a store of like back catalog yeah you get a discount you you? get a discount and you get access to all that so that's cool and they knock off like i don't know it's not like a lot but it's at least they give you a discount like it's like five six bucks a record some of it kind of varies though depending on what it is well in my um grave diggers they threw in a sticker that said dino's bar and grill if the boys want to fight, you better let them. And I was like, that is so fucking dope. <laughs> you know, they, anybody that doesn't know, it's from fucking Thin Lizzy. The boys are back in town. And it's like a bar logo. It's just the fuck. And it's a sticker. It's small. It's as big as a business card. It's the coolest fucking thing I've seen in a long time. <clears throat> yeah, that's one other thing I should forgot to mention is each month they have, they send you a sticker. But the sticker is done by submission. So just anybody who's an artist right. and draws anything musical can submit to Vinyl <clears throat> Me Please. And then... I forgot that part. That's They'll send important. out your sticker, and on the back, there's usually, like, a QR code or a link to their social media for their art, or it gives the name of it's the artist. Cool. So that's cool. Because some of the designs are awesome. I have this one that's, like, a cheeseburger but the fillings are like a record and a CD and shit like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's dope. And I like how they do their jackets. They're really thick cardboard, and they usually add, like, foil-wrapped things to... Oh, yeah, their jackets are fucking beautiful, man. Yeah, you're get If you do do... Anybody out there does vinyl me, please, you're getting a fucking quality product, dude. For real. They have, as far as I know, their own plant to make those jackets. Or not the own plant to make the jackets, their own oh. plant to make the records. Right. And don't they and have a separate company make the jackets, but it's the same company? Yeah, it's the same company every time. Right. But usually they're like foil numbered on the back and stuff. And I don't know. They used to do a lot lower quantity pressings. It's getting but popular. Now they're doing quite a bit. They've done, like, they did MF Doom Food. They've done, like, Ornette Coleman. They've done Miles Davis. They've done John Coltrane. They've done Biggie, Queen Latifah, Redman. Uh, the metal box set had, like, Amana Marth in it. And I think Deicide might have been in there and some other bunch of Was it of just, like, a Metal Blade comp? Yeah, it was 10 Metal Blade albums. Oh, Okay. And it came in this, like, big slip box. That's fucking cool. Missed that one. How much was that at the time? Um, 
$300 or something, Ooh. maybe. That's fucking brutal. They also did, like, an anthology of Herbie Hancock and one of Quincy Jones, too, that were both oh, really cool. cool. I don't have either of them, but I've seen them, and they were sweet. Same thing, like, shit ton of albums? Yeah, like, well, because they both have a huge yeah, catalog. Right. So. Um, Third Man Vault is another really cool one, but they do their things quarterly. So you only get four records per year, and... I cannot remember the cost of that one, but I know Doesn't it's a it lot vary? more expensive. It's like 70 bucks yeah, it, per quarter or something. Yeah, it's pretty expensive. But the they kind of lean more towards box set type of things versus right. just giving you an album. And even if you do just get an album, usually... There's something special There's about something it. really cool right. in there because Jack seems to cater to that really well. Like, I have... A bunch of third man vault stuff and i know you do too that shit's, white white blood cells collection that beautiful. has the tape demos from his mom's house and the yeah, attic, yeah, yeah and then like a live show of them playing white blood cells and then they have like shows where it's like white stripes first show or jack and the bricks or the go or like yeah, all his old all bands and stuff shit. and then like Shows at the Masonic Temple, shows here, and then he does not just White Stripes stuff, but he's done, like, Primus was recently done. They've done Sleep. It's primarily third man, usually, though, isn't well, it? Well, it's always third man artists, but right. I, I meant, did I say third man stuff? I meant to say he doesn't only do White Stripes stuff. Yeah, okay. I, I think you meant, yeah, anyway. Sorry, that is correct. <laughs> but he... Any artist that he has on his label, he'll cater to if he feels it's worth the vault. And usually they have, like, a photo tour book, like, of things. There's countless amounts of pictures. There'll be, like, copies of lyrics and... um, Get kick-ass, like, pins in some of them. Yep, pins. I have that one... uh, Jack White Lazaretto where it plays from the inside out on one side. And yeah, then and if you have you, the vault version. Yep. Yeah, if you cue at a certain spot on one song, you can start with an acoustic intro or you can start with an electric intro. And there's a hologram uh, etched into it on the dead wax in the center. And there's two hidden tracks underneath the labels. See, Jack White, a genius. Um, and that's just literally just one record. I think my, um, out of the few things that I have, I think that the Icky Thumb box set is probably the That one's like, really cool because it has the... and, like, best laid out, and it, it has, has everything. It has the mono recordings. Right. Because Jack it's still does dope. everything analog. And to have the mono recordings of anything now it's, like, is... fucking cool. Great. My favorite would have been the... Sleep box set. Oh, yeah, dude. That was recorded direct to acetate. And yeah, like from the fucking show, right? Yeah, because like they he played has it, that, it was cutting. Yep. He has that blue room, I think he calls it. Yep. And there's the lab on the in the other room from it. And it takes a special team of engineers that are trained specifically to do this, but they cut the record in real time as the band's playing. Then the grooves are being cut into the record. Yeah, shit's as real and like as and close then, as you can get to yeah. being there. And then he pressed up 
the vault version from the lacquers that were cut direct to acetate. Yeah. So that was really cool, and it gives a crazy, crazy sound. Like, you can hear the chains on snare drums rattling. You can hear... Like, super, very detailed. It's just weird. And Sleep's such an interesting band to do it on. Right. Because they... They're just a bass-heavy band and really draw things out quite a bit, so that was an interesting pick. But I think that's my favorite Third Man release that they've done, like, ever, for The Vault, at least. That's dope. I remember seeing that for maybe, like, ten seconds before you put it under your arm and you were like, that's mine. Yeah. <laughs> dope. Well, I knew that collection was yeah, coming in. Yeah, yeah. And he told me he had that. And so when he brought it in, it was still in the box. Yeah, that shit was funny. And like still in the mailer. Mm-hmm. And he wrote for Ryan. <laughs> and I was like, this ain't even going in the store. Yeah, it's mine. funny. But yeah, I that collection the shit, sweet. by the way. And then I have like some Deadweather albums that were from the vault. And one of them, when you open up the gatefold, it screams at you like a Hallmark card. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty dope. Yeah, there's all. it's cool that with that vault. Like there's always... You're going to get a pressing that's only going to be done that time. Yep. For and that usually vault. the value of them goes way up. Yeah, it's I like have a seen good them, investment. I have seen a handful go way down, but it's usually like, like the Go. Um, right. That was one of Jack White's previous yep. bands. That one's not really worth much more than it was. It's like 50, 60 bucks. It's fucking awesome. By it's the a way. great album because it has the attic demos and stuff in it. But right, it's but just certain. That's ones. only gonna cater to particular fans who want to hear all that other stuff. Right. Versus like, there's probably people that are in it just for the White Stripes stuff. Very like, true. I've seen that his next vault is, uh, like his show in London or something like okay. that. From. From, from this, this past tour? Yeah, from the Supply Chain Issues tour. Oh, shit. I think it was a surprise show, and from what I remember. And I seen some video clips of it, and it was awesome. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's another thing. I, um, a few of them come with uh, DVDs of, like, the show that... Yeah, that of Dead the Weather record. one that you have had yeah, the DVD for it. Definitely, it's that's pretty rad. That's a great rad. show, too. All right, I think Third Man's good. Well, let's get into... Uh, Columbia Record Club. Oh yeah, old school. So, All right, I got it. Um, I would like to use a little boys' room. Okay. And I will be right back. I remember Rob. You're recording again. That's cool. Was doing uh, keep on rocking in the free world at the mall one time. I w- I wish you would have saw it. He was fucking jamming, dude. Like mouth open, fucking wailing, rocking in the free world at Alpena Mall. <laughs> Anyway, we're going to talk about Columbia Columbia House House and the RCA music service, which is a little different, but pretty much the same as far as how it worked. Now, I never personally subscribed to any of these. I was pretty young in the uh, early 90s. I endlessly hear people at the record store talking about Columbia House right. and how they still owe them a dollar for their 12 CDs. Well, and, and that gets me to my point is I would I remember seeing these in the mail and it had the little perforated edges and with the, like a little code on them or maybe like 
the album cover and you'd rip those off, right? I could never find 12 albums. I mean, I could find like four. Because all they did, I remember the magazines that they would send you that had the list of everything that uh-huh. you could get. But all they did was take the, ec- like, so record companies, I'm sure you know this, but I'm just stating yeah, for yeah, the yeah. show. Record companies would send off thousands upon thousands upon thousands of CDs. Kiss was really guilty of this. To a fucking warehouse somewhere. Right. But they'd be listed as a sale to boost their album sales way high up. So I, I'm thinking Columbia was probably guilty of that for doing some shit because it was a marketing trick to boost your sales. Right. And they took all of that excess stuff that they didn't use or sent a million Donny Osmond CDs <laughs> to a warehouse in Bangladesh. Right. And then Bangladesh was like, yo, we need this warehouse. And then they're like, well, let's run a subscription service and offer you all these CDs that we couldn't give away before for basically giving away prices. But they was just the mountain of crap yeah so they could inflate their album sales to climb the charts sell more records blah blah so it's just table scraps that you're getting basically right and i i have noticed on cds and cassettes more than records but records have their you're missing shit there too sometimes but that are like columbia house or rca i think there was another one we were talking earlier, it was Epic, I want to, maybe Virgin. Either way, it always said, like... Club edition. Club edition, right? So maybe you didn't get the full insert, or maybe you didn't have the label on the CD. Like, there was always these weird little differences. Pretty sure Epic did have one. Okay. I'm I'm not on... Um, like I said, this is a little bit... I was around, but... Right. I You know, it's like 12... 13, I don't even remember Columbia House anymore. And by that time, I was way off into another direction. Like I said, I couldn't find fucking four, let alone 12 albums I wanted from there, you know, yeah. at the time. You think you'd be able to find 12 now? Um, Yeah, because I'm definitely way more open-minded than I was back then. Yeah, they were kind of like the pioneers of the subscription service, really. Well, I'll, I'll give you a figure here. At the peak, they were uh, pulling in $14.8 million. Off of the club? The yeah. Columbia House Club? Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay, here we go. In 91, the CBS group, renamed as the Sony Music Group, Sony sold half of Columbia House to Time Warner, Life videos and music clubs. Now, I remember those commercials as well. Time Life collections and all that jazz, you know. Not the genre, but, you know, all that shit. Yep. The ones that were always on at, like, 6 in the morning. Yep. And, you know, it declined when streaming came around, basically. I mean, and they got ripped off by millions of people with that. I got 12 CDs for a penny, and I never... Paid yeah. for it. Well, yeah. when three and a half million people do that, you're probably going to go under at some point. Yeah. I, w- I would have liked to have been in the room when they went to do their taxes on that. Oh. 
they're I like, know. well, what we did was, and explains it to the guy, and he's just like, what in the hell? Well, it, it almost uh, reminds me of the mob ha- setting up these fi- fake labels as money launder laundering schemes with records, and um, same kind of thing. They just get pressed fucking weird shit, and it just sits somewhere, and they just or, write it off. Not in some some flew out. You know, I have a few. Yeah, or they had enough people pay to where it was profitable. Right, right. Because, yeah, there was a lot of people that didn't, but think of all the people that probably did because they were like, this is a great idea. Or oh, yeah. stores at the time that were like, I can get all this for a penny or for a dollar or whatever. Like Right, and then flip it. So there was probably a lot of that Definitely. to where it made it worth it. But, yeah, they were kind of the pioneers of that shit. And then really Vinyl Me Please was like the first big subscription service as you know it today at least yeah after the quote-unquote vinyl resurgence yeah the so well, originally wanna, oh go ahead no no go ahead all right because i'm gonna divert the conversation from columbia have, house in a okay minute. i have a columbia house related thing here though um it started the whole uh subscription service for music started in 59 1959 um with real to real recordings which is pretty cool, and then it went to eight tracks like they and would albums. Send you reel to reels? Yeah, that'd be sweet. Yeah, yeah. Even now. if you could do that now, like, because I've never the coolest reel I've ever seen that was an actual album was Carol King Tapestry, and that ain't even that cool. Right, right. But I almost never see an actual album put on reel to reel. It's usually blank reels or like we have a yeah, box a of, of all them shitty ones that mm-hmm. are all like big bands yeah. they, like things from the 30s and they're cheap plastic reels with like very very little tape yeah you on want them. some jimmy hendrix experience og fucking shit yeah but you don't see it like ever right because most people didn't take care of it how it should have been in the and tapes. it was an expensive still an expensive um piece of equipment back then and there's more work that goes into it than just popping a record yeah, on. Exactly. Because you have to cue the machine, wind the tape up through the heads to make sure it's going in correctly, connect it to the other reel. And then when you're recording, there's different speeds, make different quality. There's yeah, it's a whole hobby onto itself for yeah. real. I've had mine for a couple of years, and I feel like I've barely even cracked the surface. Right, of it. right. Like I, I make vinyl recordings and stuff, and that's awesome to watch. But beyond that, I don't really like. I can't splice tape or anything. Right, like that. right. I don't know how to do any of that. I don't even know if they can show you how to do that on YouTube, dude. I'm sure, it's somebody. A, it's an old it. ass art. Somebody probably has it on there. It's worth looking into. But. Yeah, but I wanted to get into the other subscription services because we kind of touched base on, like, the bigger ones. But what about the smaller ones? Go. What do you... I know a couple. Um, I found one called Vinyl Moon that is more... So they take a curated playlist 
for you based on like that's one of the ones you can submit your discogs and your spotify into right so they take that info and make a playlist and press it onto a record for you um and i believe that's really the only one that does that oh where you get a uh like your own compilation yeah you get your own comp i mean not they don't do it fuck maybe no they couldn't because you couldn't just do one-off pressings like that for every single person that subscribes well let's see I didn't really read into that to see if they're, they're like, I couldn't find anything that says I didn't really think about that. Because I don't think it'd be tailored to every single person unless it, they have their own. It's handpicked tracks from new artists. And maybe they lump it into a in category an assort, or something? Yeah, it's in an assorted, mis- assorted mix. Sorry. Um, covers custom designed, and then you get literature and um lyric sheets and some other stuff that's super you know exclusive to it and you know um, how much that one is yeah it's it like 27 to 30 dollars per month in okay. the u.s Another, i've never used that one no, nor either. do i know anybody that uses it and i actually didn't know about it until looking into all the subscription services because there's quite a few like, oh definitely i mean we don't have time to get into every single one of them nor would anybody probably listen to every single one of them. I would like to bring up one more, though, before we're done. But no, 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 I got go a few ahead. more. That oh, okay, I wanna... okay. Um, Wax and Stamp is another one that they don't make exclusives. They don't do any exclusive colorways or anything like that. They choose records for you at random. Based and on your name? Based on you can kind of tailor it inside your profile. Oh, okay. <laughs> Just like, well, how do the fuck do they know what you right, want? Right, right. So you can kind of, like, when you're setting up your profile, you go in and be like, this is what I like, I'm into these things. It's kind of like when you download Spotify and they're like, oh, okay. pick five artists that you like. It's the same thing. Right. It'll tailor to you based on that. It has its own algorithm. I've, again, never used that one. Um, the Retro, I found, was another one that specializes in classic vinyl. Not classic like Beethoven and Tchaikovsky, but classic like 70s, 80s. Like they probably yeah. have a warehouse full of Thriller they're sending out and like things that were done Definitely, in dude, millions there's a warehouse of quantities. Of thriller somewhere. Maybe three or four. Um, there's Vinyl Post, which was the one that I talked to you about like right. a little bit ago where they create a flexi disc that's shaped in, as a postcard. And they do one every month from an indie band. And then the band that they pick has a handwritten letter in there also. Uh, for anybody not familiar with what a flexi disc is, it's, remember transparent paper for overheads in school? Yep. It's like that material, yep. like, but it has grooves on it. And it just plays like a seven inch, basically. But they're real thin, and I, if you had your turntable improperly set and your needle was probably too heavy, yeah, I could see you it. cutting through one yeah, pretty definitely. easily. So, and that one's pretty cheap, but obviously that's kind of a particular niche. Like, not everybody's gonna want flexi discs. Right, or it, it's a thing to basically. You hear a new artist for whatever the subscription cost is, 10 bucks maybe. Yeah. And then 
oh, now I'm going to spend, you know, 30 bucks on their album. Yeah. That's kind of how I see it. Another one that I wanted to mention, only because it's just like the gnarliest thing I've heard of as far as subscriptions go, and it's called Project 12 by Numero Group. Did you look into that one at all? I didn't even see that one. Okay. It's kind of a different service, and it is so crazy and diverse that it only caters to 1,000 members. That's it. And it's an exclusive club, and only a few can really enter. The records are released. What do you got to do to enter? It, you, just, it doesn't, you just have to try. Sacrifice a virgin? It could be. <laughs> and it's probably easier just to get on that waiting <clears throat> list. But, um, yeah, you get a released record that aren't available anywhere else type of thing. Um, they're released quarterly and only available to those 1,000 people, and they are never repressed or released on anything else. And it's pretty expensive, but, I mean, it's custom everything. It's And then you're in limited access to this, that, the other, you know, like other special releases, and they try to sell you more stuff. But it's $100 per quarter. Damn, that's more expensive yeah. than Third Man is. Or two fifty for all three. So obviously, and Third Man gives you like a seventy five percent off subscription to Title with that fee that you pay. Well, I mean, that's I just bring that up because it's like one of those things where a thousand people in the entire world get that album just so you can be like, oh, I got this. Yeah, I mean, it's bragging rights. It, that's what it is, really. Yeah. Um, I couldn't find any releases that they've done so it's like that hush hush i guess so that's not even on discogs or anything not that i'm aware huh what was it called again project 12 it's um numero group where the hell did i get 12 it's project 12 by numero group oh <laughs> i was like that i just no way i just made that up but yeah that's uh i, yeah, that I just is thought cool. that was I didn't, a weird one i didn't see that one uh, Flying Vinyl was another one that comes with five seven-inch records of alternative music. And I don't believe that... I think that isn't one of the ones that you like put your info in and they cater to you. That is just they have what they have and they're going to send it if you're interested. That was called Flying Vinyl? Yeah. And they do five seven-inch records every month, I think it said. Oh, that's cool. I no, see vinyl wings we talked about <clears throat> a little bit. That was the one that was catered towards jazz kind of. Um stylus vinyl, that's the one where you get a 12-inch record and a bottle of wine also. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. That is pretty cool. That's is that in America or is that in the UK only? That one's in America as is far it? as I know. But it, they're like Vinyl Wings was UK only. Yeah. And I think there was one other one, like Flying Vinyl maybe, or maybe it was Vinyl Post that was also exclusively to the UK. Oh, um, yeah. Turntable Kitchen. Did you see that one? That was, it comes with a 7-inch monthly. Oh, yes. And then it also comes with a few different recipes and then some of the main ingredients for the recipes. Um, it, the uh, single is exclusively pressed and released by the bands. 
My only concern with the ones that add extra things, like wine and food. Yeah, I don't fuck with that shit. Well, yeah, that, but, I mean, that's catered to certain people, obviously, right. that are going to be into that. And I'm sure they do all right, obviously, if they're still cranking yeah, stuff yeah, up. Definitely. But my concern would be shipping. Obviously, they're probably going to separate the bottle of wine. You can't really lump of yeah, I'm sure that they have stuff. that worked out, but but that could be included in the price of that fucking That's what I'm saying. It's going to up the price because you can't pack in food with a record or a bottle of wine with a record. It ain't going to work. No, definitely. The um, recipes you could probably slide in there yeah, with the record jacket or whatever, but, but yeah, that one, I couldn't, I didn't see any of the titles that they did, and it that was kind of the way with a lot of these was yeah. it was like really independent off the wall artists that I couldn't really find much on now see that's what I liked originally about Vinyl Me Please when I started um man that was a long time ago now but and I canceled it I don't know it was just like eight years ago or something and I liked that because they 2013 was when it started. Yeah, and it was it, it was probably it's 22. It's probably like 2014, 2015. I did this, and um, I I got Big Business, which is like a um, kind of a stoner band, stoner metal band, sorta. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. Um, and I didn't really care for that particular style. What is uh, your favorite? Vinyl Me Please release that they've done? Probably the Grave Diggers, man, because as you know, I was at like hunting for it hunting for, for, it for a, a long time, and then yeah. I was like, oh shit, I gotta fucking jump on this, and yeah. I did, and it was worth it. It is worth it. It's just ironic that I, I was, you know, thinking about it and hunting it down to the I point. I liked, um, the three six mafia one they did was really good. Yeah, up and in the smoke. smoke clears one. And I almost jumped on that one. The young MC one was cool. Like I like that album a lot. It's great, and it just that's an underrated hip hop album. Like right. that that should have been. I mean, Bust a Move was huge, but if you listen to that whole thing, like. It, guy's talented and he doesn't swear a single time on the whole album which is impressive that is definitely impressive and he's way better than will fucking smith (laughs) and uh so that one was cool they did erica badu mama's gun uh i like that one a lot i have mf doom um, food by them yeah i love how fuji's the score i have that how like within the genre how diverse yeah. They give you things is really fucking cool. The Tribe Called Quest Low End Theory one, though, I think was probably my favorite that they've come out with yet. That was another one where Just I was because, like, I might subscribe, and I fucking didn't. Yeah. It's great because I like that they put it at 45 speed. Yeah. And I don't know. That's probably biased because it's one of my favorite albums of all time, but it was just a really cool no man that, like they did a really good job reason, on the jacket yeah, the fucking packet was amazing they made like the red and green on the painted lady to where it's glossy on the jacket but then the jacket itself is flat black and yeah they had a really cool cardstock photo and whatever but yeah you always get cool shit with that 
Yeah, but I'm thinking about checking out the Gimme Metal one at some point too, because they seem to have some really cool stuff on yeah, there. Yeah, I, I they have a good discography actually. Like we were talking earlier, I'd definitely check that out. Yeah. So yeah, for anybody that was either not informed about vinyl subscription services or that did know about them and was kind of on the fence about subscribing, here's a little list of things, or, you know, this episode was a little list of things to kind of hopefully help you out or guide your decision a little if you were on the fence about it. And I would recommend checking out Vinyl Me Please just because... I've had such great luck with their customer service and everything. But if any of these other ones appeal to you, then go with that. Like, if you want a bottle of wine with your <laughs> records, take it. If you want food and re- recipes and whatever, then go for that. Uh, you know, there's options, which is cool. And there's even more that we didn't list. Like, there's probably 20 more that I don't even know about that. I just... um I think, you know, one more thing on, on the subscription services, no matter what you choose, I agree with Ryan. I think Vinyl Me Please is probably the best bang for your buck. And all around, like, you're getting fucking kick-ass shit. But if you live in a place where there isn't access to records, you know, like, we're fortunate. There's a record store here. Um, Ryan owns it, so that's pretty cool. And so, you know, we have more access to music and shit than somebody that lives in the middle of, like, fuck Egypt, if you will. Yeah, for so sure. So then I know if I lived, like, let's say an hour and a half from here, every day to come here or every other day to get records when I could be at home and just, I mean, you know, it depends. I guess I would We drive. do have some people that I'm drive crazy. an hour, hour and a half I would do to- it. But, but let's say you're you know what I mean, eight though. hours away right. or something. It's just but a good way to between get Between here albums. and there, you got record stores. But, yeah, it is a good way to get albums and things that... Or expand your collection or mind on music. Like, oh, I'm going to just try this to see what yeah. this genre is like. And or, you usually get some type of fashion to where it sets it apart from the standard right, press. Right. So that's cool, too. And then those are never pressed again as well. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, that's all we have on subscription services. Oh, also, Amazon has a subscription service, but it fucking sucks because fuck Amazon. I'm going to agree with that as well. Shop your brick and mortar. But anyway, we are out of here. Peace.